unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And then just like that, the anger just disappeared. It was just gone. And I thought about them as children of God. I thought about them in the life before this one, when we all raised our hands and said, I'm, I'm going with Christ. And I realized that we were the same. And at some point, they had strayed so far from the path, that they had committed murder. And whether or not they understood the gravity of that in that moment or not, at some point they would. Hey guys, welcome back to Saints Unscripted. We are really lucky today. We have Brock Heasley with us uh, in from California, right? Yeah, California. We're lucky to have him on set. Now, now, Brock, you have your finger in quite a few pies. A few. Is that yeah. how you say that? Is that how you, is it thumb in pies or is it finger in pies? You've got, you've got, you've got your whole fist in pies out there. <laughs> um, you are a, an author. Mm-hmm. You're a filmmaker. Um, and I will say I recently discovered, um, your comic or your, yeah. Comic, oh no. Did you? <laughs> your graphic, graphic novel. Is Gra- that what yeah. Is? Yeah. The, uh, what's that called? Oh gosh. The super fogies. The super fogies. Yes. Uh, there's a special place that I immediately reserved in my heart for the super fogies, uh, because it's awesome. But, uh, but we're not going to talk about super fogies today. We're going to talk about <laughs> some of the other stuff you've been working on. Uh, you recently came out with a book. Yes. Uh, the Other Side of Fear. Mm-hmm. You are, let's see, you produced um, a short. Uh, yeah, short film. Short film that's on VidAngel right now. Mm-hmm. That's correct. The Shift. Yes. Um, and today, I guess we want to talk about your life, your experiences. Um, the theme is kind of how you've been able to find God's light amidst trials. And mm-hmm. I expect that in the midst of that, we're going to be able to figure out kind of where these different projects come from, the shift in, in your book. Yeah, because there's, defi- there's definitely some, some crossover there. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's start where, where, wherever you want to start then. Uh, maybe we can start with a little bit about your book. I read a few pages of it, but I stopped myself because I didn't want to learn too much before you, you told us about uh-huh. kind of your experiences. Um, because when we, we think about, you know, finding God's light amidst dark times, um, everybody's thinking about their dark times, right? Right, right. What are those for you, if I might ask? So for me, you know, the book is is a memoir. It's a memoir about the, uh, my, my father was involved in two armed robberies in his life. He was the victim of two armed robberies. He was not the shooter. He was the one who was shot um, in his lifetime. And the first one happened just three days shy of my 12th birthday. And he was hit by 13 bullets. Um, he was hit by 13 bullets and he lived. I think what kept him alive was his will to live. I really love my dad a whole lot. I'm really glad he's around. Gotcha! And, uh, and the second armed robbery happened eight years later. And that one, he was only hit by three bullets, but he actually died. Uh, and so, you know, you look at that, for me in particular, 12 to 19. I was 19 years old uh, when he died. And I was on my mission at the time. I was 10 months into my mission. 
Um, but those are really formative years for me. Uh, formative in the sense of, you know, that's, that's when we come up. Those are, you're talking about my high school years. You're talking about my junior high years. And so thinking about my dad and thinking about him and his example at 19, when he dies, the exact same. I mean, it's like lightning striking twice, right? I mean, nobody, hardly anybody's the victim of two armed robberies. Was it in the same, because um, if I remember correctly, he um, owned a, a store that sold weapons? Yes, he did. Yeah, he he, he owned a gun store. Um, and it was also a store, oddly enough, that sold like bait and tackle and candy. Um, and so it was a place where like I thought of as my second home, you know, mm-hmm. it was a gun store, but it was also a place that was a lot of fun for me. And both of these robberies happened, happened in that store. Yes. And, and so it was pretty much the same circumstance each time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, what was interesting about my dad after being shot the first time was that he really never talked about the guys that did it to him. It just wasn't something that he preoccupied himself with. Uh, to me, he was an example of forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, and that largely came from his faith. You know, we're, we're, I was raised in the church and, and he converted to the church um, as a young man. And, you know, for him, it was just he, he moved on with his life, you know, and he would make a joke about the guys. You know, if I just had five minutes alone in the room with those guys, mm-hmm. that, that was the joke he would make. But that was literally all he ever said about them. And so it was a powerful example that was set for me. So that when he died, when it happened again, you know, that was something that I had to reconcile. You know, how do I regard the men whose, whose names I don't know, whose faces, well, I, I know now, but who, whose faces and, and names I didn't know. How was I supposed to regard them, you know, as they stole my father from me? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the kind of darkness that a lot of us experience. Maybe your circumstance isn't the same as mine, but we've all had those periods of darkness. And in thinking about that and thinking about, you know, when do we see our Heavenly Father's love and light the clearest? Like, when is He the most obvious to us? Mm-hmm. And that is usually through a time of trial. It's through a time of trial that mm-hmm. we see Him. And so, in that sense, trials, darkness is really important because yeah. that's how we define light. Uh, and and so, and that was the case for me, and, and I, won't, I won't ruin the book, but... I really had to deal with that. I had to deal with what had happened in the light of the gospel and the transformation that happened within within my heart and, and within my own mind um, was, was incredible and powerful and one of the most significant um, experiences of my life. And that was largely due, I think, to two things. Number one, the example of my father that he'd already set and the gospel of Jesus Christ, which I had been teaching every day on the streets of Arizona, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so in that sense, I was very fortunate. Um, and and so, so the book is about that. And it's about, you know, coming of age within the church. You know, there's, there's, there's also kind of a faith journey that I'm taking within, within the book of, you know, because I had my, my time of questioning, I had my time of doubting. Um, and that's, and that's all represented there as well. Um, and yeah, yeah. I think about talks uh, from general authorities. Like I remember mm-hmm. one by President Eyring where he talks about praying for trials. Right. And I was like, eh, don't want to do that. Yeah. But but <laughs> then I think about all the times that I've prayed like to like, God, are you there? You know, if right. you're there, show yourself to me somehow. Right. Right. And you bring up a great point that oftentimes those times when we do recognize him, 
Mm-hmm. Those are really hard times. Mm-hmm. And so it almost like makes me not want to ask for those kind of blessings anymore just because those times are scary yeah. and they're trying. So true. And I, I, can't, I can't fathom what kind of process that must have been for you to, to go through that situation and reach a place of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Especially when you, you parallel that with, you know, just the things that normal people can't forgive, you know? Right. Like, just little things that, you know, Susie Lou in elementary school did this to me and I'm never going to forgive her. Right, right. Or even more severe things like that. But, like, you can't get much worse than what you went through, I feel like. But but you got to the place where you needed to be. I did. I did. And you're right. Sometimes I think that the small things in life are actually the hardest things to forgive. Hmm. Um, and sometimes... And and maybe it's just maybe it's just my experience, but for me the forgiveness when my father died and I and I found out there was a moment of retreat from from everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was I was in a, in a in an apartment with three other elders, and they saw me. You know they're all watching me in the corner of the room, seeing me get this news, and I just I mean I was destroyed, and I and I got up. And I walked into the bedroom um, where my companion and I stayed, and I went into the closet. I went to the closet. It's not like you have a big closet when you're a missionary, but I went. I went to the closet and I took off my tie because I just, I, I just, I don't know. I just wanted to do something, and I, taking off my tie seemed like the thing to do. And I and I looked down at the floor and I squared up my feet with the closet, just in an attempt to, I think. It was a small thing, but it was like, a, I need some, I need to control something. And so I got my feet like perpendicular to the closet. It was just really important to me in that moment. And I just stood there. And if you had seen me, it would have been a very simple thing. It was just a guy looking down at his feet. But in my mind, there was so much more going on. And I was thinking about the loss of my father. I was thinking about my future and how many, you know, my, my kids and my wife and all, you know, all the experiences I was about to have that he wasn't going to be a part of like anybody does when somebody dies. And then I started thinking about the guys that killed him. And I thought, man, did they, did they know him at all? Did they, was he somebody that maybe they saw, you know, they came in as a customer one day and they thought that guy's a ripe target Mm. or did they not know him at all? And it was just, it was impersonal. It was business for them. You know, they wanted the guns. And so they, they killed the guy that was in the way of that. And, and I felt this, just this surge of anger. It was just this well of anger immediately. And, and, um, and I just balled my, my hand up into a fist and I hit the, the, the frame of the closet. And I just, you know, because I'm a missionary, I didn't cuss <laughs> even in that moment. And I just said under my breath, you know, those jerks. Um, and then just like that, the anger just disappeared. It was just gone. Really? It was gone. And I, and I started to think about those men in a different way. And I thought about them as children of God. I thought about them in the life before this one, when we all raised our hands and said, I'm, I'm going with Christ. And I realized that we were the same. We both had the same goal. We came to this earth with the exact same goal. And at some point, they had strayed so far from the path that they had committed murder. And whether or not they understood the gravity of that in that moment or not, at some point they would. And that would be a very, very bitter day. And I realized 
that the tragedy that had occurred that night, the, the greater tragedy, was not my father dying. It was what these men had done to themselves by mm. committing such a heinous act. And so all of a sudden, this well of empathy just just surged within me, and this well of sympathy and, and even love. Um, and I felt so bad for them, for what they had done, and, and that they would one day have to deal with that, whether in this life or the next, there would be a reckoning and there would be an understanding of the gravity of what they had done. And that just seemed like a far, far sadder thing to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I was able to forgive. It was as simple as that. And, and I have never had a moment of anger towards them since that night. That, that, that feeling has remained with me. I mean, we're talking, gosh, we're talking 24 years now, you know, that, since that happened. And was there a reckoning in this life for them? Did they did they catch them? Were they they did catch them, um, and and they went to prison. And as far as I know, that's where they still are. I don't. Um, I've been trying to figure out, find out more about them. Because in all honesty, I would love to. I would love to meet them. I'd love to talk with them. Um, and in my book, I, t- I talk about you know what I would say to them. But my mom is um, kind of preventing me from knowing. She knows, but she won't. She doesn't want me to go do that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I'm working on it, but uh, but I don't know too much about them. Okay. Yeah. So, so where does the shift come into this? It, it, right. Maybe can I give a quick summary Please. of it? Okay. So do it. the shift. I kind of have a a special place in my heart for the shift too. When I was in college, I did a a speech. Um, that was kind of a C.S. Lewis screw tapey letter mm-hmm. type thing. It was, um, it was general conference in hell. Oh, cool! And I was Satan, and I was you know talking to my audience. But anyways, but but the shift is a man gets in a in a car accident, and he meets Satan. Satan's mm-hmm. actually the guy that kind of patches him up. Yeah, puts band aids on him. That was one thing that I really thought was just so interesting. Was like. Because Satan's, you know, portrayed so often as this, you know, red demon with horns and a tail. Right, but right. like you portray him as a kind of a sleek character in a suit, and and uh, that's initially helping him. Yeah, he bandages him up and he helps him up, and but then as things progress, he starts to realize who it is. And in in summary, the shift explores a relationship between a normal guy and Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you learn about, you know, what Satan's all about and kind of what he tries to do to us. Um, uh, but, but where does that come into play in your life, I guess? Yeah. So for me, there's a direct connection between the story that I, that I'm telling in the book, the other side of fear and the shift, because they're both for me about God's love shining in the midst of darkness, hmm. you know, there's not a whole lot of darker events that we can imagine than actually meeting Satan. Like that would be, we would all freak out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that happens to, to this character, main character's name is Kevin. That happens to Kevin. And, um, and he has to deal with that. He has to figure out what to do. And my, one of my big reasons for making the shift in the first place was because we have all seen many, many stories of man versus the devil, right? Um, there's been a George Burns movie. There's been a Keanu Reeves movie. You know, Supernatural yeah. TV show. Supernatural TV show. Yeah, it's a common thing, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing that I had never seen in any of those stories was a person, a character, dealing with the devil in the way that I would as a Christian. Hmm. That's the difference. That's the difference. And that's what I wanted to put on film. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's what happens at the end of the shift is that 
Kevin does what I would do in that situation or what makes the most sense for me to do because I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then of course there's the results of that, which I won't spoil. You can, you can, it's only 20 minutes long. It's pretty easy to, pretty easy to check out. But that, that is the point of it is, is how do we as Christians deal with darkness in our lives? I've done that in my own personal life. Kevin does that in the shift. Uh, and I think that that is a really important thing to get across to people, a really important thing to represent mm-hmm. and, and to do it in an intelligent way. You know, one of the reasons I, I did the shift too is because I think a lot of faith-based films and, and, and fiction is, isn't really that great, to be honest. <laughs> this is kind of cheesy. Yeah, and... yeah. And so... There's kind of, honestly, it kind of has a bit of a sci-fi element in it. And it does. It has a sci-fi element. So we're doing, so I'm, I'm staking some territory here, right? Yeah. Where I'm saying this is a very different thing. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, if you watch it on YouTube, on a YouTube channel, I have a little intro because I found that people need a little intro. They need a little bit of hand-holding to say, hey... You know, this is a different thing. It makes it sci-fi. It's dark. It's 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 a little bit like Twilight Zone, but go with it. Mm-hmm. And I think those who do go with it, I have found universally, um, uh, it resonates with them in a, in a completely different way than most faith-based material does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because I, I do think that we're we're on the crest of a wave right now. I'm, I'm looking at things like The Chosen. You know, it's it's such an incredible show, and I think it represents a real leveling up with what faith-based cinema can do mm-hmm. um, and i'm hoping that the shift can be a part of that conversation yeah. by the way the chosen we've interviewed the creator of the chosen a couple times now dallas jenkins so check those out if you haven't um but going back to the the shift one thing that that what you just said brought to mind was um i feel like the shift portrays a principle that was taught a couple general conferences ago that has stuck with me mm-hmm. um, when I don't remember who the speaker was, but they said that your faith does not exempt you from trials. It is right. meant to get you through trials when they come. Absolutely. And that hit me so hard at the time because, you know, as a Latter-day Saint, we, we, we believe we have, you know, the restored gospel and the true church. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, we're set. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to go through any trials because God right. doesn't give trials to people who know the truth and who have faith, you know. Right. But but then after hearing that general conference, I was just like, no, that's not how it works. It's absolutely not how it works. And the scriptures tell us that's not how it works. Yeah. I mean, look at the life of Joseph Smith. Has there been a man besides Jesus Christ who has been more punished than he has been? Mm. And for what? Yeah. What I mean, was he a perfect man? No, but but he certainly um, didn't deserve all that was handed to him. Yeah. But I, I think one of the bigger examples, one of the biggest examples, and we have it right there in the scriptures, and it's an often overlooked story, and that's Job. He has an entire book dedicated to him in the Bible, and Job is really a story of a guy who has done nothing wrong, who has misery heaped upon him. Mm-hmm. And the shift feature film is going to be a modern day retelling of the story of Job. Because when you reach the end, I'm going to spoil it just a little bit here. When you reach the end of the shift short film, you've got a person who has um, seen a power, had a powerful witness of faith, mm-hmm. who has, who knows that God is real. Mm-hmm. And what happens to that guy after that? That's what I want to explore in the feature film. Mm-hmm. When he walks out the door and goes into whatever his life is next, um, what happens to that guy? And what I want to happen to him is the same thing that happens to me and to you as a believer, which is life doesn't get easier. Mm. Life doesn't get easier. Hmm. And so I have to I have to deal with that. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that 
maybe I was mistaken and maybe this witness I've had is wrong? Does it mean that I'm a bad person? Does mm -hmm. it mean that, what does it mean? And, and those are the questions that we ask ourselves. We ask ourselves, why is there suffering? Why is there darkness? Why is there bad things in this world when I'm trying to do right? And, and that's what the feature film is really going to deal with, that, that we're, we're turning the short into a feature film. And I specifically want to tell the story of Job because I don't think it's, it's a story that's told a whole lot. Hmm. I agree. That's fascinating. And, and I mean, I guess in the shift, not to spoil anything, but at some point, Satan does give Kevin a promise. And he says, absolutely, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be around. And and, and that's. It, it is a bit of a cliffhanger, you know? Yeah. What happens, what happens next? Right. Well, I hope we get to see that sometime soon. That isn't made yet, correct? The, the no. Film. We, are, we are getting funding together now, and, uh, and it's looking really good. Dallas Jenkins, the creator of The Chosen, has signed on as uh, an executive producer. He believes in the shift, believes in me as a filmmaker and a storyteller. Dream We've team. All, I, I, oh, I'm so <laughs> excited to have Dallas. He is such a smart guy and and such a such I mean an incredible artist. Yep. So to have him uh, on board and, and helping me is is amazing. We've also got Dan Hasseltine and Matt Nelson, who are the composers for the Chosen. They're going to be composing the music for the Shift. Great. Um, so we're we're assembling the the right team, uh, and and I think I'm looking forward to getting into production soon. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, just just to wrap up. Um, I think you have a powerful message of faith and forgiveness. And I guess my, my final question for you would be for, for those out there who are in the midst of those dark times, mm -hmm. they're in the middle of it right now. Um, what message would you have for them? I would say, look to the scriptures um, in looking at the scriptures and looking at what people have gone through, you know, in those stories, I'm thinking about Joseph. I'm thinking about, Joseph Smith, I'm thinking about Christ, I'm thinking about Job. Um, those stories bring me a lot of comfort. They teach us to look to God and to have faith. And faith, a lot of times, I think, really just boils down to patience. Hmm. It really does. It boils down to patience. It boils down to, I need to wait this out. I need to trust that God is still there, even though I can't see him, even though he doesn't seem to be involved. And having the patience and the strength to to wait for him to manifest himself again and to trust him enough that whatever's happening right now that is difficult is actually for our good. Mm. And we see that time and time again when we look in the scriptures. You know, the scriptures are great because we can look at them and see the totality of someone's life. And sometimes in doing that, I think we forget that when they were living it, they didn't know what was going to happen. When Joseph was in prison for all those years, he didn't know that he was going to be let out. We can look at the story and it's just like, you know, 10 verses later, oh, he's, he's done. But for mm -hmm. him, it was, I don't remember how many years, but it was years. We need to remember that. We need to remember that these were real people who went through something very real and they did not know the ending. And that's the same for us. Mm -hmm. And if we trust and if we have that patience, which I believe is very much related to faith, um, we can literally get through anything. I truly believe that. Awesome. I would say if you're a VidAngel subscriber, you can watch The Shift right now. It's also on YouTube, um, and, and the book uh, is available pretty much anywhere books are sold. Seeing as how people are already here on YouTube probably watching this video, where, where can they find The Shift? So we have our YouTube. own YouTube channel, okay. The Shift Film. Uh, a search should pop it up. 
Uh, I don't know that there's a specific URL that that gets you there. I don't I don't know enough about you. Probably know more about YouTube than I. Do. Yeah, we can probably put a URL in the in the description of this video. You can just click on that and check it out. There you it's go. Perfect. About twenty minutes long. Yeah, it's a twenty minute long. And it's entertaining. It's it's so fascinating. But anyway, we've talked about that already. <laughs> Brock Heasley, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I've learned a lot from you. It's best. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's not true. But thank I don't know you. What else to say. <laughs> but thank you. All right, well guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you have questions for Brock, can they, can they leave some questions for you in the comments section? For sure, for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll be watching and I'll, I'll answer uh, anything that comes across. Okay, sounds great. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you wanna watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.